The hero factor is that special core fundamental that stands some companies apart to achieve true greatness. There's no better time than now to discover and revive your business story. Your origin story begins now. Hey, from Dragon's Den to digging in the dirt, today's guest used inspiration from an unlikely place to build her business. Now, Claudia Harvey gave up a very successful corporate career to start Dig It Apparel, a company targeting women with active outdoor lifestyles. I, this is a great product. I got some of these for my wife. They're so doggone good. And you'll hear me talk about that in this show because it's just so great. She's also the founding partner of BG Wealth Group, Investment Holdings, and Marketing Authority. Claudia is also an award-winning business leader, author, and public speaker. In fact, I've heard her speak. She's awesome. She just exudes confidence because, hey, she's done it. She believes in paying it forward and works with several organizations dedicated to helping women and youth. She's also a member of the Hero Club. You'll hear us talk about that at the end of the show. And of course, she has been the partner of none other than Mr. Wonderful from the Shark Tank. So we're going to be talking about that in the show. Please welcome Claudia Harvey to the Hero Factor. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hey, my first question, because, you know, I was on Celebrity Apprentice, and of course, you were on this famous show, which has now become famous here in the U.S., called Shark Tank, but it started off as Dragon's Den in the U.K., and then went to Canada, and that's kind of how you got your, I don't know, celebrity start of digging dirt, right? Yep. Digging dirt. I like it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we went on... In the infancy of my very first business, six weeks into selling, we went on Dragon's Den, which was the precursor to Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. And Kevin O'Leary is Canadian, and Kevin mm-hmm. O'Leary sat on Shark Tank, and then he he wandered over to the U.S. You know, I have to say this: most Canadians, you're Canadian, and most Canadians are really nice people. We can't say that about <laughs> Kevin. We can't say that. I, I know Kevin. I see him in the office. I share office with Damon John from the Shark Tank, and so I see him a lot. He'll come by and so forth. He's a. It's always interesting to see him in real life. There, he's not as tall as you think he is. Uh, no, he's not. But I have yeah. to say, Kevin was always extremely respectful to myself and my company. Extremely focused. I learned yeah. a lot from Kevin just watching yeah. him and being around him being around them. What was the biggest thing you've learned from from Mr. Wonderful? I think the multitasking and be able to focus and rising above your business and having people under you. That was really so kind of like working on the business, not not in the in business, because a lot of us yeah. do that. I'm, I listen. Yeah. I said one of my biggest breakthroughs. I was I'm leading a group of thought council people, mastermind group basically, and uh, peer group. And and I said my biggest thing this year has been really the focus on the business, not in the business. Yeah, you know? absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it's watching successful people manage that and how they do it, and their teams of people around them, and how they juggle it. It was it was eye opening. It was great, and I've now definitely adopted that approach. Well, I'm gonna come back on a couple things because I, you know, first of all, this is going to be a very chaotic interview because I I tend to just jump all over the place and I've had about 14 glasses of caffeine of of different, of different (laughs) kinds today. Tell me about your corporate background because you, you came from another side before you became an entrepreneur. I did. I did. And I'm I'm very happy and grateful that I did because I don't think I could be hitting the ground running as a successful entrepreneur without that background. So I came from banking and insurance background. I graduated university in child study of all things, ran screaming away from that because it wasn't my forte, but went to Bay Street, which is the equivalent of Wall Street in, in Canada and took any job I could possibly get just to be around the people that I wanted to become. 
And I wanted to be a mover and shaker and make money. And money was the driving force of when I was young of what success meant. And so I joined an insurance consulting company just to get around. And then within two years, had a junior sales job doing what I had no clue what I was about to do. But I'm like, sales? Yes, I'll go do it. Learned literally beside the president of that company. And then within 10 years was in a senior role in sales in a financial institution that was worldwide. Mm-hmm. So that had all kinds of other connotations of sales and marketing and operations. And so every stage of advancement in the career, I added a component of how business works, started from administrative assistant to a marketing assistant, to a sales job, to corporate senior sales, to then operations, then adding some finance to that. So eventually when I jumped off of my corporate life to start my own business, I had all of that circular background behind me. And, and at the same time, I, this is always what I think is real interesting, a mother, uh-huh. family, all yeah. the other stuff that we all have to balance, you know, yes. yeah, yeah. It, which is just, you look back on some of that and go like, how the hell did I do that? 100%. Yeah. I, I look at it and go, how did I do that? My God, I must've been tired, still tired today, but it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're still trying to catch up. You're still yeah. trying to catch up on the sleep, right? That's yeah. the, uh, yeah. so I feel those I... days. Yeah. <laughs> When I had my my uh, pinnacle of my corporate life, I had one child. I had a mm-hmm. small little person at home. And then I started shifting my corporate life to manage a further kids. So I have three kids now. Mm-hmm. And then I eventually bounced off to becoming an entrepreneur to manage life and balance life way more than I could in my corporate environment. And it allowed me to be present in their lives in the day-to-day because they're little people. But then as they grew, my businesses grew but I would work prior to them getting up and work into the wee hours of the night while they're sleeping and then balance work and life in a whole different way than a corporate job could. So I'm going to ask a question I've never asked of a professional woman. So brace yourself. All right. As as they said in, 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 in the the devil wears product, gird your loins. Remember that? Okay. All right. So in your relationship at home, Mm -hmm. were you the main breadwinner? I was not. Okay. The reason I'm curious about that, because I'm listening to you balance all this stuff and so forth, but I also know you, I've gotten to know you over the last year and you're an incredibly confident, successful, it it just exudes from you. From the first time I met you, it was like, she's got it. She's got the it factor, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that's why I'm asking. I'm kind of, because I would think that you, you were and are. Well, it's it's actually an interesting question. When prior to us having kids, I was the person that brought in the biggest income because I was in sales. Yeah. Um, my husband is a physician, but he's a public health physician. So that uh, means he's public health driven with it. a government paycheck. Got it. And But it's a nice paycheck. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But in sales, you can do compensation. Sure. That, uh, he, can't, he, he can't do what you can do. No. Yeah. yeah. They're, cap, as, they're capped out. They're capped, they're capped out. Yeah. Yes. But, but as we developed our kid bases and our marriage and whatnot, I took secondary positions. I left the senior sales job because I was traveling so much and chose to find more balance in life because just my personal. Because you can. I, yeah, I, I could. You could. And, and yeah. I wanted to be around. The whole reason I'm having kids is to be around them. Yeah. And I wanted that connection with the kids. As the kids grew, however, the businesses started to grow. I added more businesses to the repertoire, and now it's shifted again. 
Yeah. So that's, I'm traveling and doing all kinds of stuff that I used to do 25 years ago. No, I'm running into the airports yeah. everywhere. <laughs> that's right. We saw each other where we were. I, I can't <laughs> remember the city. Yeah, I don't yeah. even remember the city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's, a, it's an evolution. And I think that's what lots of people don't understand. It's just you can plan, you can hope for the best, plan for the worst, and make sure that you're evolving all at the same time, knowing that things are in stages as well. And it's, it's interesting you made those changes, which I think if, because you can, that's really cool. So that's a great learning for us when you can do it mm -hmm. because you don't get another opportunity to do it. So take the opportunity mm -hmm. to do it. For and sure. that has nothing to do with your self-worth or who you are, right? Right. But at the same time, you have not followed what I would call conventional or, you know, none of this was scripted out for you, right? Nope. Yeah. Nope. See, nope. isn't that kind of cool? Because a lot of people ask me, they said, well, what was your grand plan? What the hell are you talking about a grand plan? You know, I don't yeah, have one no of those. Grand, no grand planning. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think my grand plan was to live life on my terms. Yeah. And that was the grand plan is how to do that. And the only way to do that is to actually get some experience so you can get the legs under you to have the chops and be able to hold the hammer to say, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, as you know, the hero group, and you're you're one of our hero CEOs, which is an outstanding example of it, they're based in values. And I have a real sense of when I look at you, I see you, you know, I spent a lot of time in Asia and, and you know, Japan and Aikido, and you're <laughs> very centered. You know, you, you, you have a very core to you. And yes. again, it's it's evident from just looking at you and talking to you, you know? Oh, thank you. How does that ground you? That's an extremely good question because when I left my corporate world, I left specifically to find three, for reasons of three words, and these are the values that I live by, and that is strength, balance, and harmony. Ooh, and, and cool. Yeah, and those three words I live with every day. And if a choice is presented to me, if it does not align with my three values of strength, balance, and harmony, I will not pursue that choice. How did you come to those? Because those are those are individual words. They are. I think you don't have strength if you don't have balance, and you mm -hmm. don't have harmony if you don't have the other two. Mm -hmm. So I think they just entwine within my life, and I just I it's it's just me. And I needed to have a balance to be able to manage my family life. In but I didn't want to give up who I was, right. as a woman, mm -hmm. to have kids. But I wanted to be present in their life, so I had to balance it. They had to be harmonious because I've got three kids and if anybody that has multiple kids know that there's a lot of fighting that go on when they're little. Yeah. So I needed to have a harmonious environment and I needed to find strength to be able to do that, but also to build my business. So Are they I, boys or girls? When it... I have a little, I have a girl in the middle. She's now 18. Oh, my oldest yeah. is 22. So my two oldest are at university and my youngest is 16 and he's kind of like bookends. You got them capped. That's good. I sure yeah, do. Like a, they, like a Canadian Oreo right there. It's like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> that, you know, I used to carry a stone in my pocket that said harmony on it. Uh-huh. And beca well, because I had to remind myself, you know, from that from time yeah. to time. You have to remind yourself. You have to have rituals to do well, that. It's funny when I was when I turned 50, I tattooed that on my Achilles tendon, strength, balance, and harmony in the Chawa symbol of Japanese. Oh, cool. But I do that to remind myself, and if your Achilles isn't strong, then you're not strong. You're not balanced and strong. 
So it's uh, much to my youngest son's dismay that his mother got a tattoo. Oh, you got a tat. She got a tat. Well, yeah. he should like the story. And, and if he realizes, hey, young man, you're here because of your mom. So that's don't right. you ever and forget you're part that. Of it. You're yeah. Part of it. If you're not listening right now, you better be. That's for a fact. <laughs> All right, so I want to go back to the gardening gloves because I I love this product. I've, when I first saw it, I you know I, I got a couple. I got you gave me one pair, which was cool. But I've gone out now and bought a whole bunch for my wife because she oh, awesome because <laughs> she loses them. She you know we we live out in the ranch area, and so she loses them all the time. She steals mine, and right. and I'm and she's one you know fourth the size of me, so <laughs> she's wasting my gloves. And she yeah, and, and, they fall off her in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, she she just like. She loses like just the left one all the time for some reason. I don't know why, but she just takes that one off. But anyway, so tell me, how did you come up with the idea to create Dig It? Well, Dig It was really generated by two women getting together. Both of my business partner at the time and I were really good friends. And she had come over with her husband on a Labor Day weekend and we were shooting crap over beers. And she has nails. Wait, not shooting crap. You you were actually that's a Canadian. That's a Canadian version. Okay, because uh, I think shooting crap. We're in Vegas. We're oh, like, no, oh we're yeah, no, <laughs> that's a whole different kind of glove. We, <laughs> that's true. We're talking How about that. That's okay, got it. Okay, yeah, I'm just trying yeah. to. I, I want to. I want to interpret for us down here below the line that's of right. what that Canadian is. Canadian speak. There you go. <laughs> right. So we're polite. Yeah. So we were we were chatting, and uh, she had destroyed her manicure in the garden the day before, and she said they should create manicure protective gardening gloves and uh, I was like oh my god well why don't we do that like yeah. who, who can they be why don't we do yeah, that why? Yeah. so a lot of people have ideas their ideas are a dime a dozen it's what you do with the ideas mm-hmm. that start a whole path so we researched for four months if the there really was an idea if it was just our idea and we thought it would just be great for us but there really was a marketplace for this there was the garden industry was growing 17 percent and the spa industry was growing 17 percent and lo and behold it was the same woman in both of the industries that were generating the income and that was nine years ago so we created the glove had five focus groups with ladies created the product over time over a nine-month period went to market with something that they told us that they wanted within six weeks we were on in front of the dragons on dragon's den on stage within nine months we were airing on dragon's den by that time we had other products and bootstrapped the entire company the entire way so bootstrap for your listeners means that we finance the business the whole way Mm. we got to a certain stage where that was impossible to to find but we started putting all our all our revenue dollars back into the company to make the company grow. But you took the money from Kevin, though, didn't you? Well, it's interesting. On air, it said he invested $50,000 into our business for one SKU, the SKU we were on TV with. But in essence, nine months later, with negotiations back and forth with lawyer, he took 10% of our business for an access to a line of credit of $50,000 for inventory purposes with an astronomical interest rate, which we never took, ever. Well, yeah, because you found out that was, that was that was shark money. That was that was yeah. that was dragon money, right? I mean, and that's I mean, you got to give it to credit. There's a lot of people that say yes and do it, and uh, you said no. You were in the position strength wise. I'm sure you learned a lot from the show too about from what not to do and how to do it, right? Well, we did, and and when we were actually taping on stage, we said the cameras turn off when we're talking money. When we're talking about our secret sauce about how we want to elevate the business and where the strategy is going. We don't want that taped. We don't want that aired because that's our secret sauce. 
and they respectfully did that. But I don't think a lot of people do that. I don't think they say, because I, mm. I look at Shark Tank and Dragon's Den and think, why are you giving away all that information? That tells you the unit cost of what your manufacturing is. Everyone can do the math right. on how much you're going to be making. I don't want to give that away. No, you don't want to let the public know about that. I mean, that's your that's your stuff. That's your, that's, yeah. that's your proprietary information. That's exactly. what you typically yeah. call it. One of the other things I'm interested in is how you did the research. You know, when you said, hey, we went and did the research, because I'm going to, the reason I want people to listen and hear this, I'm sure you didn't go out and buy research. I'm sure you just, oh, you did. No, no, no. Sorry. We did not buy the research. We bought gloves that were in the marketplace and we went all over North America to purchase gloves. Yeah. So you were trying different things, finding the products. I mean, you're doing hands-on stuff, right? In essence, I think it makes sense since it was digging. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And so it, it makes it, hey, by the way, do you make this for men too? We don't yet. Yeah. We, we, we have a prototype in the works, but that's a niche of a niche yeah. of a man's club. And there's so much other products that we want to launch before that. Yeah. Well, I so. think you're smart. Well, it's, it's always smart to control what you want to do and keep to the core of what you do so you yeah. don't get too far. Focus is what we said early on. We said focus, focus, focus. focus and I thought that yeah. was good. You know, you, another thing, folks, listen, I want you to listen to this lesson again. I, I say this all the time and she just said it again. So I want to bring it back. An idea without implementation is only air. Total air. Yeah, it's total air. And there's off into the bubble. How many times have you been sitting with another entrepreneur and said, I had that idea. I had this idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And then they say, well, I have an idea. And then you Google it. And it's like the idea is already there. So uh, when getting back to research, it was really just finding. So we did our physical research about gloves and what fit and what didn't fit, literally. And then we just looked at research articles and looked at research and looking at industry trends and seeing what mm-hmm. is upcoming and what has been historical. It, women were aging. The demographic that buys my product are not generally the 18-year-olds. It is when yeah. they already have money. Yeah. Um, and that generation has grown up with Digit. So it's 10 years now in business. Has it been 10 years? Wow. It's been 10 years since we incorporated. So the same woman that bought our product years ago still continues to buy our product and our further products. So we now market products to the woman that cares about herself and her family. Uh, you, you say we. Are you still partners? I am no longer partners with the original partner, but I am partners with another person that actually took Kevin's position in our company. So Diggit bought him out in 2015, extremely amicably, all good. Kevin went down into Shark Tank in the United States and concentrated on the States, and I'm Canadian. So I took his position in the company and then sold it to someone else at a a higher value. (laughs) Well, good, good. Well, which is what you should do, right? Yeah. And then he and I have created other businesses together. Is that Craig? That is Craig. That's Craig. Yes. Uh, Craig, I've met a wonderful gentleman as well. Yes. Part of the Hero Club. And yes. just, it's great. It's just good to see good people get together. Yeah. You know, and isn't be it? Successful. And, and be, be and successful, be right? Yeah. 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 Did you have some bad experiences along the way? Oh my God, of course. Oh, there's experiences where you throw up, want to throw up on the floor. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the very first hardest experiences I think ever overcoming was we were four months off of airing off of Dragon's Den and everyone thinks you're on Shark Trank and Dragon's Den and you're going to be just a success like that. No yeah. way. You yeah. come off of those shows and you have to work freaking hard because of the opportunities that come and you have to dilute those opportunities. But we had our first inventory coming off of that, coming in this big chunk of inventory with $30,000. To me, that's a lot of money back then. Money's gone out because you pay for the inventory. It comes into my warehouse. I open the boxes and 60% of the inventory is not sellable. 
Mm. And it was the people that we went to manufacture outsourced, unbeknownst to me at the time, outsourced to a very secondary factory that we did not approve of. Mm. And they produced crap material. So I took apart a left hand and a right hand, married a left hand with a right hand in the middle of February in an unheated warehouse in Canada, bought tags that I couldn't afford, brought a team together I couldn't afford. Salvaged. Salvaged it, made my PO purchase order that for a national chain that was our first major PO. And we were $1,000 away from bankruptcy. Mm. And I- Been, been there, been so there. I opened the boxes in the warehouse and literally wanted to throw up on the floor. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what? I'm not gonna let this, this opportunity with this, it was a man. All mm-hmm. respect, but it was a man that said, "Oh, you can sell this." I'm like, "No, I can't. It is it is not in my value system to be able to do that." Yeah, and there's a guy who doesn't understand you. No, in the market, that. we're sitting here, we're we're filming this uh, or taping this, and we see each other. And of course, I know I know you, and you're you're very. I'm sure you're wearing ten thousand dollars every time I see you. You're, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's a it's a very. I know who you're marketing to. Yeah. Yeah. You I have mean, to be, and you have to be precise in your marketing and precise in your brand and precise yeah. in everything that you want to project out there. And the, the product has to be sellable to yeah. the brand, the image that you want. I mean, I picked the purple ones for my wife because oh, she purple's her favorite color. And so, you yeah. know, that's, you know, I get it. I totally get it. You know, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. wear them, but I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have a variety of colors. In fact, the color that's coming out this spring is a camouflage pink that's coming out this summer. Well, that would be cool. Yeah, she, yeah. She'd wear that. Oh, yeah. you got little ones? I got to get those for my granddaughters because they... Yeah, it's in the works, but not not yeah. really in that yet. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, no, it's a small market. I mean, yeah. literally. Literally. Yeah, literally. Literally, yeah. literally. Yeah. Well, that's good to be able to have those lessons, but to live your values enough to where, you know, you what you just described was a walkaway value. And I talk about this in the book, The Hero Factor, that what are your walkaway values? Well, you used, yours was quality. I had to have this certain level of quality or I wasn't going to do it. And I'm willing to almost go down yes. in order to make it work. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then my business partner and I went overseas to find our own source. Mm-hmm. So we cut out the middleman and we find our own source. And that that's uh, another lesson to learn. It's like you've you got to take control of your business in every single aspect you possibly can. All the way through the chain. Yep. But then you start rising above it and bringing people in to manage those different channels. For oh, you. yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. You start off as a one woman man, <laughs> right? You're doing everything, yes. cleaning the toilets, everything, whatever you got to do. And then you yeah. add these devout followers, which you yeah. had, and you find out that nah, in the end, those aren't the right kinds of partners or players yeah. or people I want to work with. And they're not going to get me where I need to go. So you got to swap that out. You know, and convince them they're not right for it because, you know, a junior who, you know, was great at doing this is can't be your bookkeeper or your com- controller going forward, you know, right, right. Uh, but but was right. good because he knew he knew QuickBooks at the time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 And then you grow and you bring people on the team that can grow with you that have those type of qualifications to grow with you. And you very carefully create your team. I have an amazing team. In my dig at life, they're a fantastic, fantastic team, and mm-hmm. I could not do what I do without them. So kudos to them and the big. So how are you handling the the change in growth for ah. yourself? Oh, you know what? It's funny that you ask. It's like hold on, that's like a motorcycle going at full speed sometimes, and I yeah. don't drive motorcycles. So it's it's managing growth is another wonderful challenge to have. It's a wonderful thing, but oh, it's it's a tough thing. It's scary. Yeah. Our new product, Dig It in the Sun, that launched the summer, will go worldwide in 2020. 
and it's managing all the logistics, the operations, the finance, financing it, financing the marketing, managing all that growth all at the same time while still being able to be profitable. It's like, oh my gosh, it's it's a it's a wonderful thing, but it's hang on, let's see where we go. Yeah, <laughs> so hey, we only have a, a good foundation. We only have a couple more minutes, but we're gonna have to do this some more. We got to do this Absolutely. again right because it, this is so much fun. But you, you got BG Wealth, you got BG Investment Holdings, BG yeah. Marketing. Tell me about what. Well, first of all, what's BG? BG stands for Beyond Growth. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So the investment holdings and the accounting company was Craig's company, and I joined him in 2019. We branded to BG Wealth Holdings in general, and so our BGWealthGroup.com is our main main oversight company. Yeah. And it's an opportunity for anybody really to get into our world to help them with the marketing, the financing, the inspiration of how to actually launch a, launch a product should they want to, launch a service-based company should they want to. We obviously deal with entrepreneurs, but we also deal with ongoing concern companies that just need an extra boost mm -hmm. and, and a help. So we've really brought everything together to be able to help the market, help them find strength in themselves, and also be able to take their investment dollars and other opportunities and diversify as well. So I became a client of Craig's back in 2014. We worked extremely well together and I made a lot of money with Craig's opportunities. And then he joined Digit in 2015, bought my other business partner out in 2016, and then we've just taken it from there. So oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's that's, all a network that you grow. It yeah. is a network that you grow, right? Yeah. And it yeah. changes over time, which I think is kind of interesting, you know, in terms of how you do it and so forth. Hey, if you were starting over, what would you do differently? I would listen to my gut more Yeah. At the, in the early days. Mm -hmm. I listen to my gut now. And even when I don't listen to my gut in the last couple of years, I'm like, shit, sorry. That wasn't a Canadian it's thing a, to say. No, <laughs> no it's, a, it's a thing I say on the show all the time. So it's okay. <laughs> um, I should have listened to my gut and yeah. I do listen to my gut. If my gut is telling me, don't pursue that opportunity. Don't talk to that person in that general way. I just, I listen to that. I just yeah. But it's, it's, it's experience. Your gut is experience talking to you. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody should start to listen to that little voice, not the voice of negativity and limiting beliefs, but the voice that says, eh, think about this place. Yeah. And then listen to that opportunity. Your gut's a lot like you know, your brain. You put you can put healthy things into it and garbage things into it, and both of them will tell you which is bad. It'll yeah, tell you bad. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a cool, cool way to be able to take a look at it. Yeah. What would be the biggest the biggest business tip that you'd give to somebody else? Network, 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 yeah. network, network. Do yeah. uh, just go out there and don't stand and be a wallflower. Um, and if someone doesn't want to talk to you, move on to the next person. It's all good. There's a, there's millions and millions of people out there that want to hear what you have to say. And everybody is unique in their ability. And no one is like you. And somebody wants to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So just go out and meet people and leverage off of those opportunities. And just don't be shy. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. I think that's wonderful. What, how's your Hero Club experience been so far? It has been fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. The people that we have met in the three meetings that we've been at with Hero Club so far have been continuing, have amazing connections and building businesses and opportunities. And it's wonderful because we joined Hero in June of 2019, and we are going to hit the ground running with a whole bunch of stuff in 2020. And a lot of it has to do with the Hero Network. Yeah, and me, me, yeah, meeting the people and yeah. and it's so cool to be able. You talk about trust your gut to be able to walk in a room and you can take your armor off. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. What we loved about going into the first meeting at Hero is that there was no egos in the room. Yeah. There was no pontificating of me, me, me. It was how can we help you? And then that is a wonderful, positive upward spiral for everyone to benefit from. Because yeah. everybody, everybody in that room experiences hardship. And it's so nice to be able to talk about the hard stuff, but then the successes. Yeah. And how you persevered and got around it, over it, under it, versus being stopped by it. I remember you showed up at a meeting with hundreds of pairs of gloves and said, here they are. Right. And, I, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I get these, I get these. And But, you know, that's good for business, Sue. It is. A, yeah. It's and, a, you know, and yeah. it's, it's uh, all those people in the room, well, it's the, like the Brett commercial, they'll tell someone and they'll tell someone yeah. and so on and so on. So exactly. it's all good. It's yeah, all and good. again, guys got to bring gifts back for their wives too. So it was good for the guys, the guys that were in there. We have a lot of women in the Aero Club, thank goodness. Yes. Uh, but that was nice. Hey, what a pleasure to have you here, Claudia. And I can't wait to have you back. And thanks for being, thanks for being a hero. Oh, it has been my absolute pleasure to be here, Jeffrey. And thank you so much for inviting me. And, you know, I don't consider myself a hero, but it's nice to hear that I can be considered that. So it's great. All right. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio, The Hero Factor, with Claudia Harvey and, of course, myself, Jeffrey Hazel. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about the things I learn. You know that because I always get lessons. Can you believe that she studied child studies and she was on Bay Street, which is the equivalent of Wall Street, and she started this outdoor apparel company and how successful? Well, I can because you hear that in the interview, how just straightforward she is, humble she is. You know, we get that a lot in the Hero Club, and it's great to see those values just come out, you know, uh, being a business leader, but more importantly, just being a real human being and what a class act and, you know, that's what I learned. It, it, it comes in Canadian form too. All right. For you Canadians out there, you're always nice, but it's good to know that we've got real heroes out there. And I learned a lot today. And so that was a re- great lesson. Hey, don't forget to tell your friends, share it. And by the way, get out there and buy some of those tickets. All right. We'll talk to you later. This has been Jeffrey Hazlitt with C-Suite Radio and the Hero Factor. You've been listening to the Hero Factor podcast on C-Suite Radio. Find this and other podcasts like this on csuiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.